All right, well, today I thought we would talk about God speaking to us. When's the last time you heard God speak to you? Now, to me, there's nothing more invigorating, nothing gives me more life, nothing can change my perspective like hearing from God, right? So that's what I'm going to pray right now. Let's just pray that God will meet with us, come to him with a heart wide open and say to God, I want to hear you today, okay? Let's pray. Father, we come to you, the great God who rules over all, the God who says to us, don't fear, I'm in control, the God who says to us, don't worry, I love you, the God who takes seriously his job of taking care of his sheep. And so, God, we're so grateful that we belong to you. And God, I praise you that you're the kind of God who wants a relationship with his people, who wants us to be able to hear your voice so that you can walk with us and talk with us as you did with Adam and Eve in the garden. That's what you want for us. So God, as we come to you this morning, I would ask that by your spirit, you would cover our minds. That any thoughts that come in to distract us, Lord, that you'd make us aware of that and help us to Get rid of those thoughts so that we can concentrate on what you have to say for us. Lord, give each of us here this morning, myself included, God, give us a deep expectancy that today we're going to hear your voice. And I give you all the praise and glory for such, such grace and such love that you have extended to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray, amen. All right, God is speaking. That's a truth. It's a fact. Just like God is working. Every minute of every day, God is speaking and God is working. Now, there's a lot of times we might doubt that. We might not be able to see that. We might not hear him. But believe it, God is not a passive God. He's not just sitting up on his throne and watching all this chaos and conflict, okay? God is not passive. God is always active, actively at work in our lives every day, and he wants us to hear from him every day. So the question is, are you listening? Do you hear him? Today we're going to look at the parable of the soils, and uh, it will tell us reasons why we might not hear God. But I think this one statement that Jesus says when he says, he who has ears to hear let him hear. Now that's kind of a strange sentence, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking at you guys, you all have ears, right? Everybody has ears. And I assume all of you are hearing. We have a good sound system, so I assume you're hearing my voice. What does Jesus mean when he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear? You know, Jesus says that seven times in the Gospels. And in the book of Revelation, Seven times it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Seven times in Revelation. And in the Old Testament, there are several times where God says to his people, 
You have ears, but you do not hear. And you have eyes, but you do not see. So what is, what is God saying to us? He's using the physical realities of our ears and our eyes to say there's more to hear and there's more to see than you can grasp with your physical eyes and ears. He's saying, I want you to get connected to spiritual realities, to be able to see and hear the spiritual realities. And, and if ever we need to be hearing from God, don't we now? I mean, I know in my, times of my life when I've had the most distress, that's when I really need a word from God. So I believe the question isn't, is God speaking? But am I listening? Now, I believe there's a difference between hearing and listening. So probably, unless you're physically deaf, probably everybody is hearing my voice. Okay. Hearing is passive. And I know I've done this many times. I can be, um, I can be hearing someone speak, but... My mind is full of all other kinds of things, planning, thinking, worrying, all other things. So I hear a voice, but it's kind of muffled by all my thoughts. That's why listening is different than hearing. Listening is active. Listening says, I'm going to concentrate. When those darts of thoughts hit my mind that are trying to distract me, I'm going to take control of my thoughts, and I'm going to, I am going to listen. And Jesus wants us to listen, to be good listeners. I believe that the time we spend listening to God in his word and speaking to God in prayer determines the vitality of our relationship with him. Just, just consider this. We have a God who is not so far above us that he doesn't want to interact with us. I mean, Christianity is so different than any other religions. We have a God who came down to us, who wanted to have a relationship with us, as he did with Adam and Eve when he said he walked and talked with them. Once we step into his kingdom, we step out of the kingdom of darkness into God's kingdom, like you're doing. Then he says, I want to walk with you every day. I want to talk to you every day. I'm going to hold your hand. We're going to walk through this journey of life together. That's the kind of relationship God wants from us. Now, I want to start at the beginning by saying when I say God wants to speak to us, I'm not saying that you should hear an audible voice. And I'm not saying that, uh, well, I am going to say that if you come to me and say, Barb, I have a word for you from God, I'm not going to give it much credit unless it's based on Scripture. I've been down that road. Um, many of you, that, you know that um, my first husband passed away of cancer. That's already 21 years ago. But at that time, I had two pastors in town and several other friends tell me, Bill will be healed. God gave me a word. Bill is going to be healed. So when that didn't happen... What happened to me? My faith really struggled. For 18 months, I thought, do I really know God? I thought I knew God. I was convinced 
that he was going to do what I wanted him to do. And so from that point on, I've been really careful about who I listen to. And I know that God, in his word, he wants to speak to us. That's the primary way God speaks to us. You know, Jesus says, i got to pay attention, don't I? Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What Jesus is saying is, you're not going to find life, real life, unless you have God's words, okay? Get this. He's saying, just like your body needs food, we all know that, right? How many of us go without eating? Yeah, we, I make sure I eat every day, right? <laughs> but he says, that's not what gives you life. Now, we think that's what gives us life. That's what gives us physical life. Jesus, again, is speaking spiritual realities. If you want a vibrant, vital, spiritual life, you've got to feed on the Word of God. That's what feeds us. He says we can't live a day without that. We need that more than we need our daily food. Do you believe it? Do you believe that truth? Okay, I'm going to ask you a hard question. What evidence is there in your life that you believe that? This is where I wish I was teaching a class rather than just, <laughs> yeah, do, is there evidence in your life? Can somebody look at your life and say, oh, I know you believe that because you take seriously the fact that you need to hear from God every day in his word. You make time. You've made it a priority to spend time in God's word. This is a great verse. I'm going to just start with some verses hoping to just assure you that God wants us to hear from him in his word. And I was thinking how at this time, what do I need more than grace and peace? Like, I need grace and peace now. I need more grace and peace later. If I turn on the news, I need lots of grace and peace, right? So this is how we get more grace and peace. Second Peter says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a life that pleases him. He says to live a godly life. And we have received all of this by coming to know him. Now, there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Got it? So if you want to grow, you want more grace and more peace, get to know God better. This word is given to us. God made sure we had it. And he wrote down everything we need to know in here. And I believe one of the primary reasons God gave us this word is because he wants us to know him. Whenever you sit down to read your word, look, for, look at what is God telling us about himself? What is he telling us about his, his character? We learn from here how God acts and how God thinks and how God feels. This is primarily a book to get to know him better. And as we get to know him more, then more grace, more peace. It's just a natural, reaction, a natural consequence of getting to know God better. So recently, just this week, I was noticing how many times it just happened to be where I was that God was saying the word, come, come to me. I'm going to just share a few of those. This one's interesting, Isaiah 55. He says, come to me with your ears wide open. 
Like, are your ears cleaned out this morning? Can you hear? Listen what he says. He says, listen. Remember, that's active. Listen, and you will find life. So I think to be spiritually deaf is not just an ailment. It's not just an illness. To be spiritually deaf is lethal. You might think you're hearing, but you're not hearing if you're not hearing from God. And to not hear from God leads you down a path of destruction, always. So Jesus also says something similar, and he says, come to me. Again, he says, you've got to come, come to me if you're weary. Anybody in here weary? Anybody burdened? He says, okay, I think this applies to us where we are right now. If we're weary and we're burdened, Jesus says, come, come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Let me teach you, for I am humble and gentle at heart, and you're going to find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus says, are you feeling frazzled? Are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling fearful? Are you worried? Come, come to me. Let me teach you, he says. Let me teach you. And notice how he teaches. He doesn't bash us over the head and say, I can't believe you're worrying. I can't believe you're fearful. He says, no, I'm a humble and gentle teacher. I want you to learn from me. I want you to experience rest true rest and peace. I want to take you to what David said about hearing God. He says, my heart has heard you say, come, there that word again, come and talk to me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm listening. So you see, the way we can hear God is not with our ears, but with our heart. The ability to hear God speak to you is a matter of your heart. And we're going to look at the parable of the soils that explain that better. But notice what David says. When he hears God, what does David do? Do you see it? David says, my heart responds. Now let me ask you something. Suppose something really incredible happens to you and you can hardly wait to get home to tell your family. And as you're telling them, they're standing there listening to you. And when you finish telling you this great story, they just stand there and look at you. Don't even respond. And how would you feel? I would feel like, were you listening to me? Are you alive in there? I would be really offended, wouldn't you? Right, so how many times have I sat through a service like this? Last week's lesson was really good. Brian did a great job with those scriptures. How many times have you sat under some teaching and one word just kind of really gets stuck in your heart, really gets your attention, and then you walk out of here and never think about it again? That's a missing key that I think we have in our spiritual growth. When God speaks to us, we need to respond. We need to talk to him about what he's saying to us. 
Maybe he's pointing out something we need to work on. Maybe he's showing us a way he wants us to pray. Maybe he's just wanting us to find comfort in what he's saying. But if he speaks a word to you, go the next step. Don't just think it's good enough to agree with, don't just say, oh, that's a good word. Oh, that's a good word. Respond to God. God, why did you get my attention with that verse? What are you saying to me? And then Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. That's a fact. That's a truth. That's not my sheep might hear my voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Jesus knows if you're his. He knows if you're his, you have spiritual hearing. And look what he says. How does he know that we hear his voice, we follow him. To be a true disciple is to follow Jesus. All right, we're going to look at the parable, the soils. And this is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all four Gospels. And so I'm going to go from, Matt, from Mark, actually, chapter 4. And if you've been in Sunday school or been a Christian very long, you've heard this story. Now, I want to warn you something. You know what happens to me when the speaker starts sharing a scripture passage that I think, oh, I've already heard this one. You know what I tend to do? What comes most naturally is like, okay, zone out. I've got other things to think about. <laughs> do you do that? I hope, I hope I'm the only one. But... <clears throat> Just because scripture is familiar to you, don't zone out. The word of God is living and active. Like, it, this is incredible to me that I have been a Christian 40 years. Ah, wow. And no matter when I pick up the word, it doesn't matter how many times I've read that passage. God can say something new to me, something that applies to my life right now. That's what it means that God's word is life. It's living. It's active. So don't tune me out, okay? All right, you know this story, and I'm just going to go through the first part uh, without the scripture, just because probably all of us know it. Jesus is telling a story, and there's a lot of people gathered in the sea, and so he goes out into the boat to talk. And he says there's four kinds of soils. It's a parable. A parable is taking a physical reality and trying to teach spiritual realities. So something we can see with our eyes, but we need to relate to spiritually, okay? So Jesus talks about a farmer. And I think this is great. I'd love to know how many farmers are in this room. And if you're not a farmer, how many of you have gardens? I would bet most of us have gardens. Yeah, so we ought to be able to relate to this story. So the first seed, it falls on hard ground like this. What happens if you try to plant a seed in this ground? It just kind of bounces off, right? And Jesus said... The sower sows the seed, and it hits this type of ground, and it just bounces off, and the birds eat it, okay? The second soil, he said, is the rocky soil. And um, when a seed is planted in this kind of soil, it doesn't take root. It can't take root. And so when the heat of the sun comes, it withers it away. Or when the storms come, it blows it away. No root. Then this is the weedy field, a field full of weeds. 
And uh, we know that if you try to plant a seed in there, I'm not a farmer, but I know I wouldn't try to plant flower seeds in there. They would never thrive, right? They would be squelched out. All those weeds would take the nourishment away from it. And then look at this as a, a fruitful field. I wanted you farmers to see what a field looks like in Taiwan. Isn't that beautiful? They don't have large acres of places to spread out to put fields and crops. So these are all the little crops, and you can see different crops. I think it's beautiful. Okay, so that's a fruitful field. So what Jesus said about this parable, this is where we're going to start in verse 13. Now he's talking to the disciples, and he said to them, do you understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? He said, do you not understand? If you don't understand this parable, then you're not going to understand all the others. Okay, do you see how important it is? That even if you've heard this 450 times as you've been growing up, right? If you don't really have a grasp on this parable, you're not going to understand anything else. Pretty important. Okay, so let's look at them one by one. This is a seed that fell on the path. And starting at verse 14, the sower sows the word. Let me first of all say, notice that it's the same sower in every field. It's the same sower. He's doing the same thing. And it's the same seed. The same seed in each soil produces different results. So first it says, The ones along the path where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. You know what that tells me? Listening to God is a battle. Satan doesn't want you to hear what God has to say. Satan knows how powerful God's words are. So first thing, be prepared. When you start to read your word or you come to a service like this to hear the word taught, be prepared for a fight. Now, it's not probably going to seem like a battle. It's just going to be all kinds of other things trying to take your attention away. Satan wants to steal that word from you. God's word can't penetrate a hard heart. This is a heart that won't respond to God. The seed bounces on it and bounces right off. No response. That, those kind of people can't even hear. Don't have ears to hear. Then Jesus says there is the rocky soil. These are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves. They endure for a while. But when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they fall away. I've known people like that, have you? At one time, they were excited about the Lord. And years later, they have no interest in the Lord. And it says that happens when there's no root. I, I, I think one of my passions is to help people get rooted and established in the Lord. I, you know, becoming a Christian isn't just a ticket that we're going to cash in on when we get to heaven. Becoming a Christian means, wow, you have new life. And God wants us to walk and talk with him every day on this journey. And some people just don't know how to do that. It's like they've gotten on a bus to heaven and the bus got stuck. God has a lot more for us 
in this life, and we're missing it if we're not hearing from him. So when problems come, a shallow heart will reject God's word. Now, this is where I was after Bill died. God didn't do what I thought he was going to do. And that troubled my soul. That troubled my soul a lot. And I really struggled with, if I know God, I really had a lot of doubts. I am so grateful I had God had given me enough roots to hang on. It was a lonely, dark 18 months that I struggled with God. But he brought me through that. He taught me that I need to trust a God I can't understand. We all know that, right? If you can understand God, you don't have the same God I have. So I just want to say to you, if you have doubts, if you're wrestling with doubts, don't ignore them. Talk about them. Talk about them with a, uh, somebody you look up to spiritually. Um, it's important not to ignore those. I, this week I came across a video by a, a young man who was a worship leader, had a worship band, and I think this was in the 90s and early 2000s, and so I didn't really know who this person was. But now he says, I'm not a Christian. I never was. And I listened to this hour-long video of him explaining how he grew up in the church. He wrote songs, lots of worship songs. They had albums of songs he wrote, and he was the lead singer of this group. But what I heard as I was listening to him is that he had doubts all along, and he never talked about them. He saw things that he didn't understand but he was surrounded by Christians who act like everything's wonderful. We got this all under control. We don't need to worry. Everybody else seemed like they understood and had it got all figured out. So he never felt safe to share his struggles and doubts. And so now he says, I, I was never a Christian. That can happen. That can happen. I have more than once had the great privilege of talking to someone in their 40s and 50s. It's happened a couple times. These are people that grew up in church in a Christian family where aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpa, everybody's Christian. They went to Sunday school, to Bible school, to church camp, even Christian school. And then they hit trouble. And this one woman I was counseling, she um, came to me, and every week I'd spend time with her, and I'd say, okay, here's the scripture I want you to read this week, and when you come back, I want you to tell me what God said to you through the scripture. And the third week she came back, and she looked at me. I could tell she's so upset, and she said, Barb, you told me God would speak to me, and I didn't know what to say, and she had tears strolling down her face, and she said, he doesn't talk to me. Again, I'm speechless, and it's quiet for a while. And then she says, Barb, what if I've only been trained to act like a Christian? See, if I asked her, do you know that you're saved? She would have said yes. If I asked her, how do you know that you're saved? She could have given me the answers. But at that moment, she realized she wasn't connected. She knew about God 
a lot about God. But she didn't have that intimate relationship where he talked to her, where she could hear and understand his voice. And that was a life-changing moment for her. I can remember how her countenance changed and how she had a deep hunger after that to just be in God's word, to get to know him better. It was a real change. So that can happen. That can happen when problems come. It really tests us and shows the genuineness of our faith. That's what happens. Then seed that falls among the weeds. (laughs) Okay, this one, Jesus says, These are seeds sown among thorns or weeds. They are people who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things choke out the word, and it proves unfruitful. Wow. This is a busy person. This is a person who is so distracted, their life is so full, they don't have time for God. Notice the three things Jesus lists that he says can be weeds in our heart that can choke out, suffocate God's word. Those three things, the first one is worry. Anybody here have any weeds of worry? Sure. (laughs) If we're honest, don't we? Uh, you know, <laughs> worry. Worry is a sin, actually. It means we're not trusting God. We like to think, oh, I'm just that way. Oh, I can't help it. Yeah, Jesus says, worry is going to choke out the word of God in your life. You're not trusting me. Then he says, the deceitfulness of riches. Isn't that interesting that he says riches can deceive you? Think about that. I think one reason is because we think if only I had this much money, then I wouldn't have to worry. Or we think, I have this much cushion, so I'm okay. And that's a false security. That's what Jesus is saying. You're deceived. If you think riches are going to give you security in life. Right? And then the third one, he says, the, the desire for other things. You know, other things are more important to me than God. I have too much to do. I'm too important. I have all these things i got to get done today. I don't have time for God. Other things are more important than him. And I think what Jesus would say to us, if that's you, is that if you don't have time for God, if you don't have time to spend in his word, you are too busy. You've got your priorities confused. So a crowded mind will result in a distracted heart and you won't be able to hear God speak. Now, I know I put two pictures here because I taught this in Taiwan. And at that time, I only found this picture. We all know what this is, right? It's a a yard full of dandelions. We don't really like those cute little yellow flowers because they're keeping our grass from thriving, right? But if you've never seen dandelions, then they go, oh. That's so pretty. What a pretty yard. Aha. I heard that and I thought, you know, one way we can be deceived, we can say, look at my life. Look at all these things I'm involved in. I I get so much done. I have such a beautiful life, a beautiful, productive life. Now, first of all, hear me. I know there are people... I have a really good friend who is the busiest person I've ever met. And God uses her tremendously. I cannot believe how God uses her. So to be busy isn't the sin. 
The sin is what are you busy with? Is your life being spent making an eternal difference for the Lord? If you have a crowded mind, a distracted mind, how many times have you sat down to read the Word in the morning and you read your assigned portion, you shut the book, and an hour later go, hmm, what did I read this morning? <laughs> I do that. You know, I sit down and go, look what today, what's ahead of me today. And I start thinking about that while my mind is there. And so we can ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. We can't understand the Word God says in 1 Corinthians without the Spirit of God. So you have to start, before you read the Word of God, you've got to start with prayer and say, God, help me understand. God, cover and protect my mind from distraction. Okay, then the seed that fell on good soil. Jesus says, those who are sown on good soil are the ones who hear the Word and accept it. And they bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. They hear the word, and they accept it. They make it theirs. They say, ah, do I believe this? How am I doing this in my life? What is God saying to me through this? They accept it. They make it theirs. That's how they grow. You know, as a farmer, I thought I should have talked to a farmer before I did this. But I know you have to get the ground ready, right? What do you have to do to get the ground ready? I guess you have to plow it. You have to get out the rocks. You want the ground to be soft, I think, so that, the, so that the seed will fall in, right? And we have to keep our hearts soft and humble and teachable before God. And I'm going to say something that might sound kind of uh, hard to hear. <laughs> you know, I think we don't make God's word a priority in our life. One reason could be we're pretty self-sufficient. You know, we, get, we got through yesterday without hearing from God. We'll get through today without hearing God. And, and you know, if something really bad happens, well, then I know God's there for me, right? You know what that is? That's pride. To be self-sufficient, to think you don't need God, that you don't believe what Jesus said, that we need every word that proceeds from the mouth of God more than we need our necessary food. If you don't believe that, check your heart. We need to be humble, teachable, so that our hearts will be fertile ground. This is a heart that hears God. So which soil are you? Are you the one with the hard heart? Who, when you hear God's word, you don't respond? like you just never even heard it? Are you the shallow heart that says, I'll try this Christianity thing and see if it works. But if, you know, it gets too hard and God doesn't come through for me, then I guess it didn't work. That's a shallow heart. If you, you might need to get rooted. A distracted heart it is a deceived heart. Do you know Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things. If you think, well, my heart, my heart's okay, be careful. The heart is deceitful above all things. We need God's word even to show us what's wrong in our heart. The fruitful heart is a true disciple. Do you know a disciple means a learner? 
If you're a true disciple of Christ, you're following him, you're going to him, you're continually learning from him. You'll never know everything. Till the day we die, we're learners if we're disciples. I think our churches are full of churchgoers and disciples. Which are you? Now, maybe one reason I'm so, um, yeah, I am passionate about the word of God. I, I want people to thrive by hearing God's voice because God has spoken to me so many times. I can't imagine trying to navigate life if I couldn't hear God. And I thought I would just share one. I mean, I feel like so many times I spend time with God in the morning because first thing in the morning, I need to have my perspective already straightened out. (laughs) First thing in the morning, I need a word from God, and I cannot believe how many times God has spoken to me in the morning, and then later that day, I go, ah, that's why I heard that this morning. I mean, it gives me a whole new perspective or comfort or peace or strength. God speaks to us that way. So I'm going to, this week was the anniversary of Rick's death. Rick was My husband, we'd been married 17 and a half years. We were serving in Taiwan as missionaries. And the day before Rick had his heart attack was a Friday. And that morning I got up and had my quiet time. And God really got my attention in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 that says, We don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses. So come boldly and come confidently to the throne of grace and mercy where you will receive help when you need it. The right help, right when you need it. I thought, that's a good word. I know that word. I'm going to really, that's my word for today. I'm going to focus on. We had a great day. Uh, Taiwan is really hot. By 8 in the morning, it's already 100 this time of year. Or 92% humidity. (laughs) So we love to ride our bikes along the coast. So we get to the coast by 6 a.m. There's this bike trail, goes for miles, and ends up in a jungle. It's so cool. So by by 8 o'clock, we were loading up our bikes and uh, just had a great morning. And then that evening, we had Bible study in our home. And it was one of those times where, you know, sometimes you just see God and you're just in awe. I was seeing how this man was really looking for some answers, and God was giving Rick what he needed to hear. It was so cool. In that Bible study, Rick said this statement. He said, you know, this morning in my quiet time, God really spoke to me from Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. I thought, wow, that's what God spoke to me. So that night before we went to bed, I told Rick, you know what? That's the word God spoke to me. And he said, well, that's cool. So we talked about it a while. And when, before we go to sleep, Rick would always pray with me. And he prayed about that verse. And then, then he said, Barb, don't ever forget that. And then the next morning, yeah, I didn't think I would do this. <laughs> I was strong yesterday. Okay, so... So the next, more, the next day is when he had his heart attack. And from that point on, it was two weeks, but he was never conscious again. He didn't talk at all. But do you know what God said to me? When it was happening, when it was happening, and I'm trying to call the ambulance, okay? And my Chinese is so limited. My Chinese is not even good enough for the ambulance driver to understand my address. And 
And God says, Barb, I'm here. I understand. Just call out to me for help. And that's what I was doing. Continually coming to the throne of grace, saying, God, I need more grace for today. I'm too weak for today. Every day I'd say, God, I'm too weak for this. And God said, that's why I said, come. Come to the throne of grace and mercy. God reminded me of that verse every day. And every day in my quiet time, it was incredible. I think when we're in the most distress is when we see and hear God the clearest. And every day he was giving me the word I needed. So I can't imagine getting through life. I don't know how you're going to do it if you don't want to spend time with God. I have a friend named Constantine in Tainan. He's from Austria, and he said, you know, I tried to be a Christian without reading the Word. He said, I knew I was supposed to, and I intended to, and sometimes I planned to, but until he started doing it, and he said until he started doing it in the morning, he always thought he'd do it at night, but it gets to night, and he's so tired, and he can't concentrate, and yeah. Okay, so I know as a teacher, uh, teaching the Word. Do you know I've been teaching the Word for 30 years? That gives you a clue how old I am, okay? So sometimes I'll say to somebody, you just got to be in the Word, and they go, I know, but I know sometimes it can seem frustrating. Like, how do I really hear from God? And maybe when I speak in August, I'll talk about how we can improve our hearing. But the first thing is to accept that this is what God expects of us. It's a duty. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you've got to be a learner. So first accept that truth. I need to spend time in God's Word every day if I'm going to grow. If I'm going to know Him more, if I'm going to get more grace and more peace, I've got to get to know Him. So accept that it's a duty. And then what do we? the next step is discipline. I don't hear that word very much. <laughs> Not a good word, I guess. Maybe we should say habit. You've got to make it a habit. You've got to plan for it. Not just intend. Think, oh, that's a good idea. It won't happen unless you apply some discipline. But once you apply the discipline, you will find that your desire for God's word will start to grow. The more you read it, the more you want to read it. If you just plow through those hard times thinking, okay, I didn't really hear God today. Just keep plowing through it. Just keep reading. Just keep begging God, saying, God, I expect to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Give me ears to hear. Pray like that. And before long, reading the word will be such a delight to you, you can't even imagine walking out the door until you've heard from God. I'm going to leave you with one good word <laughs> for us right now. I don't really like to watch the news or read social media. How about you guys? <laughs> I'd like to just be in this little bubble where I don't know what's going on, but uh, that's not very wise either. But one day I was feeling stressed, like there's so much conflicting information. It's just stressful. And because I have friends in many places around the world and I know how their countries are dealing with COVID, I'm like, this is beyond us, right? Nobody's got this figured out. I said, God, what are you saying? And you know what he said to me? This verse. Let me hear. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, his faithful ones. He's saying, I know it's chaotic. But you can have peace in the midst of that storm. That's what he wants for us. We don't need to be known as fearful 
We don't need to take on all that stress. We can't figure it out anyway. Nobody, if the greatest scientists and medical personnel all over the world haven't figured it out, it, I'm sure not going to. So why do I need to worry about it, right? He will speak peace to his people. That's what he wants for us. But he says, don't turn back to folly. That folly is kind of a strange word. I'm going to look that one up in the Hebrew lexicon. <laughs> and you know what it said in the Hebrew dictionary? It said stupidity. Oh, that's rather blunt. I felt like what God said to me, if you're just going to listen to your own thoughts, you're being foolish, maybe even stupid. We don't, can't get a perspective on reality unless we're hearing from God. So I hope that encourages you today. Let me close in prayer. Wow, God, we're so grateful that you are the one who gives us ears to hear, that you speak to our hearts. And Lord, I would pray that at this moment, you would take one of the words that you've said today and plant that seed deep in our hearts, and that we would take time today to ponder it and meditate on it and respond to you. You are such a gracious God that you want to walk and talk with us. You want us to be assured of your comfort and your nearness to find peace and rest for our souls as we learn from you. God, thank you so much. Thank you for this church family. Thank you that you have brought us together to show the world what a great God you are. May we just continue to grow and be your faithful disciples. I ask for Jesus' glory in this city. We ask to see that in your holy name. Amen.